Okay, welcome to the Confused Introspective Pigeon. Uh, this is episode eight. Uh, I'm Curtis, and I'm with Thomas and Stephen. And today is going to be maybe a little different. Uh, the main topic that I'm going to be talking about uh, is chaos theory. Um, but I have no idea how long that will go on for. So I have a couple other cool stuff maybe to get through afterwards. But yeah, that's uh, that's the plan for the day. Nice. Sounds good. I'm excited. I know nothing about chaos theory besides. Oh, chaotic, I know nothing about so. theory, but I know all about chaos. Let's get <laughs> rolling. <laughs> yeah, Stephen, this one's particularly applicable to you. <laughs> yes, I'm prepared. Let's go. Are we gonna talk about his uh, his codes? Oh my god. <laughs> Strategy. Any type of social board game I thrive in. See, that's just evil. That's not chaos. That's just evil. I mean it's it is chaos, but it's evil. It's like the chaos in like the Joker type of sense where yes. you just are simply purely evil. Yes. That. There's no pain involved. I just no. want to watch the world burn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but that is uh significantly different than uh Chaos theory, unfortunately. Sorry, Stephen. Um, maybe not significantly. Um, but have either of you heard of the butterfly effect? Yes, I love yes. butterflies. Okay, so the me too. The it's butterfly so effect. That's what chaos theory is. That's that's kind okay. of the most one of the kind of more well known examples of it. All right. So chaos theory. Um, it's kind of been, it's a little bit difficult to define what is a chaotic system. Um, but kind of one of the summarized or succinct definitions of it is when the president, uh, and this is by Edward Lorenz, um, and it was kind of defined to be when the present determines the future, the approximate de- uh, present does not determine the approximate future. So what that is kind of saying is like, um, it's, it's a deterministic system, right? So what happens right now is going to directly influence and cause anything that happens down the line, right? Yeah. But it doesn't mean that kind of approximately what's going on right now where if you don't have all of the information if you get very something like very small like a rounding error or like a small measurement error that you'll get a drastically different final system than um what the kind of other way would be um so like the examples of this is a double pendulum um or a double rod pendulum uh if you look up that online or um, the three body problem is another one. Um, But again, the most well-known one is the butterfly effect, which is um, based off of the weather. The weather we've kind of determined is a chaotic system, which is why we can't predict it more than a week in advance because we don't have all of the information right now. Therefore, the farther you go out from in time, the more wrong you're going to be. Or the more wrong you could. Oh. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. 
Does this have anything to do with end? Kind of, actually, yeah, because it's it kind of deals with uh, disorder um, in ways. Um, but before getting to entropy, um, so the the butterfly effect for those who don't know it um, is that the weather is such a kind of chaotic system and so uh, determined uh, or pre- like it requires such has such sensitivity to like the initial conditions or the current conditions um, that in kind of in this paper that originally proposed it, um, they kind of threw out this idea that a butterfly flapping its wings in Brazil could cause or t- a tornado to form in Texas. Uh, that's mm. a little bit oversimplified in that it's kind of not the direct effect. It's that everything combined plus that butterfly flapping its wings gets you this tornado. And if the butterfly didn't flap its wings, then you wouldn't have that tornado or you'd have a tornado in a different place. Um, so it's kind of like uh, Schrodinger's cat. Uh, I don't actually explain that. Like we don't have all the information, right? Yeah. In, in that. So, so we don't know if the cat's alive or dead. We don't know if the butterfly has any effect. Kind of. So the difference. No, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. I just feel like the difference between those two is that, you know, the butterfly has an effect. You just don't know what it affect its effect is. Whereas with Schrodinger's cat, you don't know whether it has an effect at all. Yeah. So with Schrodinger's cat, it's both dead and alive at the same time. With this butterfly thing, it's because of your kind of inability to have all of the data means that you have an inability to predict the future accurately in these chaotic systems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's, that's kind of like a really cool idea of just like really, really small changes in what's happening right now can manifest themselves into like these really big things down the line. Um, this is also why it's brought up in time travel a lot. So time travel stuff, they might talk about okay. the butterfly effect. So that's like, if you accidentally kick this one rock, right? And then this that rock goes along and like changes the course of history. And it's all you did was kick this rock, but those effects. Somebody important trips on it, cracks their exactly. head open and dies. And it can have like these really, really big effects where you end up with a completely different state at the time you left than the time um, when you come back where it's kind of had this big divergence. Yeah. 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 There's a... Um, actually, recently, I just finished watching... It just came out on Netflix. Um, I, no, no, no spoilers or anything, but... Um, recently there was a, a uh, the show The Umbrella Academy came out with their season two and in season two they're like in 1960s and basically the whole premise of the of the season is like how can we get back to where we're supposed to be so that we don't ruin the present by bringing the apocalypse to 1960 by making changes mm. so, so it, like, it like has <laughs> it, it actually has a lot to do with um, chaos theory in general, and um, I mean, of course, they bring the apocalypse and like mess everything up. But like, that's 
that's like cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the same way. Now, here's the question. Did them traveling, time traveling, cause the apocalypse? No, but it was the actions that they did Mm. while they were in 1960 that caused the apocalypse. Ah, They stopped JFK from getting killed. Come on. Everybody (laughs) has a bad idea. Yeah, it was not. Always leaves the bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) Because they wanted to, they were still like heroes and wanted to like save like the president. But like at the same time, you got to realize that you need to let natural events play out. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the fixed. It's a fixed event in time, like Doctor. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and that you just have no idea what the repercussions are because. Oh yeah. You you can never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You don't know what's gonna happen when the butterfly. Uh huh. So and then, but you know, something's, no, something's gonna, happen. gonna happen. And actually, I think I read some study or something that they're not actually that it's a little bit of an exaggeration. They don't actually think a butterfly in Brazil actually would cause like it's that sensitive. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. it is like a very sensitive system. Um, if you look. Uh, just sometime on the Wikipedia page for uh, what you call it, uh, chaos theory or the three body problem. Uh, they have good diagrams of how, like, just a very small, very small difference in like the angle that stuff is at leads to like these huge, completely different ending parts. I don't know. And it's just, it's really That's interesting cool. knowing that all of your actions are having just massive drastic impacts on the world um but never being able to know what those are or even it's if true it's even if they're your actions or they're the combination of of your actions with someone else's actions like do you really impact the world at all or does your existence impact it like so much more than you could ever even know mm-hmm. where it's like this like society's mm-hmm. like this web everything is interconnected so is it you yourself that's changing things or is it the web itself and you're just a part of that? Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so cool. crazy. So are we the ones getting changed or are we doing I feel like that just gets to free will. Like at the core. Or is it just a never-ending paradox of we have been changed, and so we change. Chicken or the egg situation? Kinda. But there has to be a first change, right? Which one could argue was the big thing. The low entropy start of the universe. <laughs> yeah. Let's get back <laughs> into entropy. Um, I looked up the double pendulum. So for that thing, it just seems like uh, there's just a million, bajillion different ways that that thing could swing. So, and technically you don't know any of them could happen. So you don't know which one's it's, going to Yeah, so it's like where it is right now, like obviously it's going to depend on what it does next, right? But yeah, in this, it's very like mathematically based. Um, but essentially it has, um, it's, it's so hard to explain and I don't really fully understand. Um, if you look up uh, 
are you on the Wikipedia page one? No, I'm just okay. Looking at it. Does it does it have <laughs> uh, does it have more than one pendulum going at once? Um, no, there's just one, and it's like one. Ro- it's like one long rod, but there's two red dots, and the first red dot breaks the big rod in half, mm-hmm. and the second red dot is the end of the second rod. And they're technically two different ones, and the red dots. Yeah, are yeah. So that's that's the double. That's uh, the double pendulum. Um, oh shoot! I'm, there was one that I saw a while ago that was like a really good example of how it changes uh, with like different things. Oh, that's so cool! It's just a, an infinite loop. That's, yeah, but it's like so chaotic in its loop too, though. Yeah, and it can have so many different like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Based on what you do to it in the first action. The very the initial condition changes everything about what it does, but if you approximate that initial condition, it is going to not have the same effect whatsoever. Yeah, it's true. And you know, you could be like so such a slight change, like you could lift it up, like half a centimeter and it exactly yeah or even even less than that that's crazy it's true it's just like the randomness that chaos theory comes from and can produce yeah it's just awesome <laughs> i know i i love it and these simulations are so fun to look at like this and the three body one i can just look at all day mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of cool yeah i mean that's chaos theory it's chaos that's chaotic bro so does chaos theory deal with so i know we said that it deals with like not really knowing the future and kind of being like where you are like like right now like a butterfly like you could impact a million different things but do you think chaos theory um also takes into account when like not necessarily when something is in the present, like affecting other things, but when something isn't there, mm-hmm. that it can be chaotic. So like not necessarily like me being here would lead off to all these different possibilities, but like also my absence of a situation where I was supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. So it's it's literally like in order to perfectly determine how a system is going to play out, you have to know literally everything about it i mean i guess it depends a little bit on what kind of system you're talking about because you get like these these pendulum ones and all you have to know is the length of the pendulums their initial things like gravity if there's air resistance friction that kind of thing but there's also chaotic systems like weather and economics uh computers um even like biology like it it goes through just about any kind of idea you can think of uh, can be uh, kind of connected to chaos theory. Yeah, this is so mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. This is so cool. I feel like it could hit me. I know, right? For real, yeah. I was looking <laughs> at um, double pendulum and triple pendulum. Um, is like different, like 
demonstrations and they're like they're like absolutely mesmerizing i know it's so crazy but like um, it's funny how chaos can create something so beautiful too. it really is look up look up the three body problem there's mm-hmm. there's a good uh animation for that that one time i was in a uh, basement of fisher with you guys literally just watched that for like 15 minutes straight not even talking to anyone uh <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> That's oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's a book. And not don't. There's not don't the book. I don't know what the book is, but Should I look the, at animation, the animation, the gif. Yeah, but like there's like chaos theory and like forest fires or like stock market stuff, solar flares, earthquakes. Um. Even and like there's even like. When you're, there's like, uh, this, it's called topological mixing, which I don't really understand the math behind it because it's with sets and I don't know. But like, even when you're putting like a dye in water, right? Like that dye gets spread throughout the system and then kind of becomes uh, uniform throughout it. That's another example of a chaotic system, even though it's very different than the rest. So the three body problem, they're all like hitting each other, but never. Touching. Yeah, so you can kind of think of it as like three planets. Um, it's it's okay. a gravitational based one. I'm guessing that is what you're seeing. So they can get close to each other. They don't actually ever hit each other though. They just get close. Yeah. Oh my god. That's not and if cool. you change the position of any one of those by any amount you the further down you go down the line the more different it's going to look that's so crazy yeah i'm just watching this right now this is insane i know right i can like i said i literally just sit down and watch this for like half an hour whatever time just disappears it's so soothing because they're attracted to each other by grab so that, that, that's like that's super interesting so it creates its own constant even in chaos so that that center point yeah so that's the center of mass right and with um with kind of this system that's in place that law of conservation is there and stays there um yeah because like you can't really be changing your center of mass without outside of force. Um, so yeah, even in this just totally chaotic system, that point is exactly the same all the time. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so cool. So like, what what is the center point? Uh, the center of mass. Okay, so that's what they're all yes. orbiting, technically? Yeah. Okay, got you. That's so interesting. So I was trying to make this, like, uh, I was trying to code this uh, myself so that I could just let it run forever because I just want to watch it run for like hours on end, but I haven't yeah. done it. I haven't done it yet. That's so cool. That's sad. I, sh- that's, I should do that really tomorrow. You, you should do that um, and put it on the projector. In the room. I'll do that tomorrow. Yeah, that would, that would we'll be just leave so it there fun. for like hours. <laughs> Be like a screensaver. Yes. Who needs to do online class? When you can just <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. 
But yeah, so it, I think it's so funny though. Like you can put them at any random position; they'll create, but they create like symmetry with each other. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they find this is like really philosophical and like not scientific at all. But it's like they find like like there's beauty even in the chaos. Yeah. Ah oh, man, it's cool. Awesome. Like it's it's obviously like pure chaos, chaos, but it's like. Mesmerized. Yeah, especially since they develop like some type of symmetry sometimes, occasionally. Mm-hmm. So there, yeah. that's like an unstable. So that's like a chaotic system. There's also three body problems that aren't chaotic. Um, there's a figure eight one. I don't know. So that's ah, yeah. So that down. one, it's the exact same thing. Um, still gravitationally whatever. Um, but. That one's in a stable uh, state. Yeah. Wow. Even I that's know. mesmerizing. That's just so yeah. perfect. But I like the chaotic one better. Uh, <laughs> me too. The chaotic mm. one's a little bit more interesting because you don't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at the. Um, I was looking at the for those of you listening, I was said I was looking at the stable ones. I'm trying to go to the chaotic ones. Oh, uh, yeah, you should go to chaotic ones. For those of you listening, I highly encourage you to look up a three-body problem and go on Wikipedia so you understand what we're talking about. Yeah. It is something that can really yeah. only be seen. <laughs> I know. I was trying to, like, describe it to you guys, and I was like, this isn't working. You just... This, this isn't it. <laughs> yeah. There's an elastic three-body mm-hmm. problem and a gravitational. The elastic oh, one yeah. isn't as fun either, but it kind of looks cool though. It like builds three different planes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of really that's really yeah. cool. I want, do they all intersect at the same spot? Yeah. So with the elastic one, um, they all go through the center of mass. So then you could probably, that's, pro- that's just like a, a normal, pretty easy function to get at. No, right? actually. So. No? Or, oh, okay. Uh, it looks so uniform. It looks very uniform, the elastic yeah. one. Which is why I'm like. With the elastic oh, wow. one, you might. Oh, no, yeah. Elastic is, that's not a chaotic system. Sorry. Um, yeah, that's just. A general yeah. solution. Um, there's there's no okay. general solution with the gravitational version. So okay. it has to be computed numerically. The the, the gravitational one. one. That one's computed numerically, but you can throw a function on the yeah. elastic one. Yeah. Okay, because it's just yeah, essentially. You, you can awesome. you can bring in yeah. simple algebraic expressions or integrals to kind of express it for an arbitrary time, which you can't do with the gravitational one. It's actually okay because it's it, it depends on the space mm-hmm. it is in that moment. I think there's a million dollar yeah. prize if you can find an uh, a general solution to the three body problem. All right, let's get cracking, boys. Um, if, if anyone was going to find it, it would not be me, so I won't even waste it. 
<laughs> there's no way I'm yeah, behind it either. Um, I I can barely talk about the last man. I can barely do calculus when <laughs> trying this. Yeah, that's cool so though. Cool. No, that's that's really cool. Wow, I know. Who knew? So let's so chaos, chaos theory. What is it? Oh Sum my it goodness! Um, it's such. It's it's taking, it's it's about this. There's three there's three basics to chaos theory that's kind of been not super well established. They're still kind of um, debated of which ones kind of are necessary or not. But in order to say that a dynamic system, so something that's changing over time, is chaotic, uh, has to be sensitive to initial initial conditions so if you change where it starts even just by a very little bit it's going to affect the outcome at the end so that initial change can't be dampened it's kind of got to be um amplified over time uh it has to be and this is where it gets mathy is topologically transitive uh, mm. essentially saying that um, it's going to diverge in solutions. So as time goes down, that instead of converging to one solution, that they're going to go separate paths. Um, yeah, that's kind of the best I can explain that at the moment. Um, okay. And that it has to have, they call it dense periodic orbits. Um Kind of just meaning that it can't become stable over time. So it can't, like with the three-body problem, if they all just kind of shoot off in their own direction, it becomes stable after a while, right? And then it's no longer chaotic. That's not actually a great example because that wouldn't actually happen happen with the three body problem but it kind of gives an idea of it okay yeah so you you can theoretically have a solution no i actually don't know oh with the if it's not a dense periodic orbit yeah then you could have a solution for it sorry okay so would that be a uh gravitational that that would be the like the elastic um body problem has the sensitive to initial conditions has the dense periodic orbits but it's not topologically transitive it doesn't diverge strongly okay yeah cool all right then so present determines the future but the present does not determine the approximate the the approximate present does not yeah the approximate present yeah interesting so with that it kind of just means that like what it's it just means like very vaguely you can say the present does somewhat vaguely determine a kind of future but you can't know really what future especially if you're talking about a certain present mhm yeah so it's okay. like it's like <laughs> without conceptualize it without all of the information if if you were god right 
you know everything and everything is going to kind of play out in these systems in a very deterministic thing. This happens yeah. and then this happens and you can go all the way down to like essentially an arbitrary time and know exactly what's going to happen. But if you don't know everything about the system, you can't make any predictions about far in the future. You can make kind of close predictions, which is why we can do the weather a week in advance. But like, I can't, no one can tell you what day it's going to rain in two months or what the temperature is going to be on Christmas right now. Right. Yeah. Because that's too far in the future. So then, um, what would this mean for like all the people that say our planet's going to die in like 10 years? So that, again, that, yeah, I'm exaggerating yeah. when yeah. I say that. Yeah, um, we all know it's 2050. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> 30 years. So that would be more because that kind of part of the climate and the ecosystem of the world isn't chaotic so the weather the weather is a very chaotic system um of clouds right if you've ever looked at like a wind map or a radar map like there's so much going on and yeah and you can't you'd have to know what every gust of breeze is doing across Mm, the planet to be able to get like a perfect picture of what the weather is going to look like at an arbitrary time down the road. Um, But we do know like these general patterns, right? Like it's going to be hotter in the summer and cooler in the winter. So we can, we can make these predictions and we can be generally correct. Um, And with things like climate change, like that's outside of the chaotic system. So uh, the rules of chaos theory kind of don't apply quite as much. So, so you're telling me yeah. that weathermen just like guess? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. But like, man, they don't even look at like 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 they look at trends. But like, like really, like it's just like let me just throw out a number and kind of hope it sticks. Uh so it's more um, from what I understand that they they do have very complex um, kind of. What is that Algorithms. job description besides guessing? <laughs> like, what qualifies weatherman? So I think the people... Um, you understand more about the system than other people. <laughs> the people. The people that are presenting it, I don't actually know if they're more just like kind of a TV figure type person. But like, there's, there's a lot of math that goes on behind the scenes where it's uh, like the data is being plugged into algorithms mm-hmm. and being analyzed where if we can look at this cloud system when we're like, we have this, whatever, like low pressure, like the low pressure fronts and like all that, like that gives you a very, like that gives you a short range prediction of like generally what's going to happen. But if you want to know exactly what's going to happen, like when you throw a ball through the air, I like you can measure down to the centimeter to the almost millimeter if like you really are in a controlled environment of where it's going to land right if you know a lot about it but that's because it's not a chaotic system that's because it it doesn't have like this extreme dependence on uh 
initial conditions and it doesn't have this divergence based off of those initial conditions. With the weather and these chaotic systems, you can, it, follow, it will follow like a probably close trend for a certain period of time. In the case of weather, it's a week. We can kind of get pretty good predictions. But then down the road, it just has too many possibilities of where it can go. And we don't know what's going to happen because we don't have all the information. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Educated guesses. Educated guesses. That's what the world runs on, apparently. Pretty much. It's... <laughs> that's, that's what yeah. everybody runs on. Man, goodness gracious. No, it's just being it's an informed, yes, informed facts don't exist anymore. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's all chaos theory. Yes, the it's world all... is chaos, Stephen. The world is chaos theory. Yeah, shaking my chair. Yeah, nothing is real. <laughs> okay, here we'll switch <laughs> gears. Um, here's a question. Let's go with entropy. Oh no, okay. this we can make this a kind of quick one and then entropy because entropy is very interesting okay. too i want to know more about it and i feel like you know more about it yeah entropy is really nebulous hold on we'll make this like a 10 minute thing okay okay, okay. or less 10 minutes or less okay why is magenta not in the rainbow because mm. mm. magenta is a fake color magenta is a fake color <laughs> It can only be created under certain circumstances, and it will never be created naturally. No, you can see magenta flowers, <sighs> but it is a fake color. Stephen was right on that. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, Thomas, I was oh. right. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? This has never <laughs> happened before. So it's a fake color because isn't it like um, isn't it like. Isn't it like not created? Well, is it created naturally? Can you naturally create magenta? Yeah, flowers. Yeah, flowers. Okay. Right. Name one. But it. All right, then isn't weird. it a color that technically is not like in your eyesight? Like you technically can't fully see magenta with your eyes, but you can see a variation of magenta. That's getting. Yeah, that's closer. Mm. Like you can only see a hue. Does a wavelength not reach? It's because it has no wavelength. What? Magenta, uh, magenta, does does work, not, magenta does not have a wavelength, Stephen. What? So all the other colors, right? Green, blue, yellow, red, everything else has a particular wavelength associated with it, right? Yeah. And then um, this um, color, so it gets into like color mixing theory. And color mixing theory hasn't like didn't make a lot of sense to me because with physics right when you have a blue light and a red light or sorry blue light and a green light the blue light they're all oscillating at like the blue light wavelength the green light they're all oscillating at the green light wavelength when you combine the two and like shine them one over another you see the color yellow right blue plus green equals yellow but mm-hmm. none of the wavelengths of the photons have changed. The, you still have blue light wa- oscillating at blue light wavelength and green light oscillating at green light wavelength. So 
so we see, but we see yellow, yellow, right? And that's because. Yeah. But there's no yellow. There wavelength. is yellow wavelength. Yeah. Wait. There's so there's a yellow wavelength, and it can be emitted at that wavelength, and we see yellow. Or if we have this combination of the blue wavelength and the green wavelength, you see yellow as well, even if there's no yellow present. Right? See, that, that's why it didn't make sense. It's like from a physics standpoint, that shouldn't work. But it's when you add in the biology of how the eye sees. So the eye has several types of cones, right? And each of them are yeah. sensitive to a different wavelength, essentially. Um, and it's not like they say like, oh, this is a 220 nanometer wavelength. It's going to be like this color. <laughs> Instead, it's like this is more sensitive towards blue. So you have blue uh, ones, you have red ones, and you have green ones. So we're going to call it ocean spray. <laughs> you, you're, the way that your eye sees is, is in RGB, red, green, blue, right? Yeah. And so what it does is when it gets a blue and a green, and it's getting both of those wavelengths from the same spot, it kind of interpolates in between them, and it says what's in between a blue wavelength and green wavelength, it's like, oh, yellow. So yellow, if you look on the color spectrum, is right between, between blue and green. And that's why we see it, is because both of those sensors are being activated at the same time. Therefore, it's not uh, one or the other. It's like a combination of both. And that combination of both is yellow. So that's how we can see wow. yellow even when it isn't there. That's crazy. Right, which is that's interesting. So how do how do we so get with magenta, magenta? You have so our uh, eyes see in red, green, and blue, right? And to get magenta, you add red and blue together, right? And okay. so if you look on the color spectrum, right in between red and blue, if you go right in the middle of those two, you get green. So you might think, oh, we should be seeing green, except that the green sensor in our eye isn't firing, right? We're not seeing green. Oh. Therefore, it can't be green. So our eye, our brain essentially makes up magenta and puts it in that spot. What? Wait a minute. Yes. Wait a minute. Yes. Right? Oh my gosh. Wow. Wait a so... Okay. So, wait a minute. Go ahead. I, I, there's a lot happening in my brain right now, like a lot happening. Uh huh. Um. So say, so like I, so like you max out the reds and the blues and make them equal, and green is zero. Say green goes to like one, like you have one tint of green. Does that completely change the complete course of the other of the color? Like, I don't. I don't think so. No. It wouldn't. So if you if you add in green, if because if you have red, green, and blue all present at once, that's white. So you would see white. Oh. So if you start adding in green, I'm pretty sure what would happen is it would just get start getting closer and closer to white. Oh. So it'd okay. becoming it it would get lighter. Yeah. No, I get that. Okay. Mm That's crazy. So then the other interesting thing is I was kind of talking about this with my sister is so 
magenta has no wavelength associated with it. So then what is coming off of a magenta flower? What light is coming off of that where we see magenta? Mm-hmm. Right? Because if it's just blue and red and that's what's coming off, like at some point we should be able to like zoom in to that flower or like kind of be able to find places like a little patch of blue and a little patch of red. But that's not true. Right? Mm. And that's because another way that you can say magenta is instead of a combination of blue and red, it's the absence of green. So a magenta mm. flower mm. is reflecting all of the light back except for green. It absorbs green and that's why we see magenta. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. It just, oh, that just destroyed my brain. Okay. So like you wouldn't, I think let's not do entry. No. Today. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> well, yeah, we have we'll save plenty it. of time. Okay. Yeah. Right. We'll do entry wow. next time. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. So if you were to combine, let's, let's, let's just hypothetically say we're combining color theory and chaos theory. <laughs> hypothetically. Ooh. And hypothetically, there was, well, this isn't a hypothetical. We know there's creatures that can see more colors than we can. Sure. Yes. yes. So let's just, let's just hypothetically say that these creatures have seen colors that we can't see. What would they look like in our eyes, per se, Curtis? So, like, I think it's butterflies or something like strange like that have... There's a mantis shrimp. Shrimp. You can see nine, nine so different colors. That's where it has and an nine different photosensitive things in the back of its eyes, right? So it's when it's it's receiving the same data as what we do, but it has um, a lot better, I guess, processing of that data because it has it it can see okay. lots of a lot more different types of light. And that means that it's kind of interpolation between them is going to be much different than for us. So I have no idea what it would look like because that's, what's interesting. Well, first off, like when we look at the same thing they look at, it would just be normal for us, but our brain is making up these colors, right? Technically we can't see yellow. Yellow is just a made up color for us, even though it has a wave. And like magenta is like a totally made up color, doesn't exist on the color spectrum, but yet our brain essentially creates it out of thin air. And yet we can't think outside of the color spectrum that we know, the color palette that we know. It's impossible. That's fact, so our, mm-hmm. our brain is so making up. Do they just have. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Like. No, that was it. It's just that our brain is making up colors, but we can't make up any new colors. Okay. So if a creature can see more colors than us, they just have more colors? Okay. So like they would have like a red, a blue, uh, yellow, and like a green Uh cone? And then 
And so they have like its own cone for green instead of just a sensor that fires. Well, green. We have a green cone. We have a green cone. Yeah. We have a green, we have a, we have a green cone, a red yeah, cone, and a blue cone. Yeah. Oh, we don't, we don't have a yellow cone. Funny, funny fact. Right, right, right. Dogs only have two cones, and it's blue and yellow. So technically, dogs have a cone that humans don't have, but humans have two cones dogs don't have. Yeah. So realistically, wow. your dog could be seeing colors that you can't see. At the same time, he is not seeing anything that you can see. Exactly. Like, That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> we can, wait, we can both see blue. No, we can both yeah. see That's blue. It. Wow. Well, my dog was able to see a lot of my clothes. <laughs> Stapes his dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. My dog might have one cone. He's, oh. a, little, he's a little off. <laughs> Some funky depth funky perception depth going on. <laughs> my dog is so stupid. I love him, though. I love him to death. He's so dumb. <laughs> stupid dogs oh, are they are. The he has no idea what's going on. Like, ever. It's great. <laughs> wonderful i'll like take him outside like there'll be dogs that like bark at him and he just like looks at them and then smiles and just walks away <laughs> like, i'm like okay buddy like <laughs> maybe your dog is dead. he is deaf <laughs> oh see that he makes sense that, he is deaf. He is deaf. that's that it makes it very easy yeah so he can't hear a thing but it's so cute it's adorable he just doesn't know what's going on i love him to death we taught him sign language. Oh man, that was a treat. Oh, that's adorable. That's so yeah, he's awesome. That's so tender. You taught your dog. Sign yeah, but language. like it was like four different signs for four different commands that we had for him. Like come here, and mm-hmm. so it was like okay. it was like very yeah. basic it's, like communication. It's sign language. <laughs> that's try to downplay it, Stapes. Your dog knows sign language. Yeah, yeah, but you should like, make a T-shirt out of that. But if I. If I start like making sign language at him, like like using like actual signs, like he'll just look at me like I'm stupid. Yeah, (laughs) he won't know what's going on. No, I know. (laughs) Okay. Um, how much more do you think your guys' brains can process? Because there's another thing I can do with this color stuff. Keep going. I'll let you know when I tap out. See what it is. So, have you guys ever heard of the thought experiment called Mary's Room? Yeah. Mary's no. Room? Okay. So, it's no. it's like this very philosophical thing to argue against physicality, whatever. Um, I'm more just interested in what you guys think of the thought experiment itself. Um, so, um, the way it was originally proposed is that you have this woman for some reason, named Mary. She's in this room that's only black and white. Um, I actually don't like that. I prefer that she's colorblind, where she can only see black and white, Mm. right? So she's in this room. She can only see in black and white, no colors, um, which I think might only... I don't know what that would like, because some people can only see in black and white, colorblind, and I yeah. think that's if they only have one cone that works or something like that, essentially. Okay. So she does that and say she theoretically can learn everything there is to know about color. So she can like learn about the wavelengths and the kind of 
how it hits the eye and like all the stuff that we're talking about of color mixing and like how the brain processes it and like even like beyond that into like stuff that we don't even know yet just like everything that there is to know about that and then say she gets a surgery or like kind of an operation and it lets her see in color and you put her back in the room that is totally black and white and then you put a red disc in front of her is she one going to be able to identify that that like red plate is red and not blue and second is she going to have learned anything new by experiencing the color Mm. Mm. so she knows everything everything about about color. color but is there something that she learned from the experience of like looking at a color and having that experience of seeing a color, is that something new for her? Did she learn something from that? Okay, so she was black mm-hmm. and white colorblind and now she can see yeah. all color. I'd say no. You'd say no. No, because my thing is that if she was black and white colorblind, when she learned about all the different colors, she was never able to experience them while she was learning them. But she- well, she doesn't know what any of the exactly. colors look like. So if she sees a red disc, it might as well be purple to her. Okay, exactly. but she learned, but you can tell her that that's red, right? And she's now had this, she's now learned what it's like to see red. That's something new, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I agree. And this isn't really an unbiased thing because I, it's it's an argument against physicalism and like, I think she does learn something and there were people that would argue that she doesn't um and part of it is like this arbitrary she knows everything about color um but she doesn't know what any of the colors look like so she knows how all the colors Mm -hmm. i think you can even dumb down the argument though to can you have can you learn things from experiences rather than just from being taught knowledge right and yeah. so my thing is like, yes, I think she can learn something from experiencing it as long as she's told that it is red. I think she obviously needs to be guided yeah. around a little bit, but like, I think you can definitely <sighs> learn and have knowledge through different experiences that you have. I don't what think if... it all has to be through um, learning and reading. You know what I mean? But like, is that something new? Is that experience something new, even if you already knew everything about it before? Yes. 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 So she experiences something new, but she learns nothing yes. from it if she just sees the I've red read, hey, I've read all about different civil wars and different like place, things in history, <laughs> but until you put a gun in my hand and place me in like 1865 in the middle of the South, like, I, I'm not going to be able to tell you what living through a war is like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like you, sure. can, you like she wasn't able, like, she learned something new through the experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so the way that this yeah. is kind of used in general for philosophy is this refutation to physicalism, which is um, physicalism is that your mental state can explain like that's all there is right is the neurons firing in your brain right and that 
encapsulates everything about you. And that if that were true and all it was was this physical explanation of your kind of mental state and your consciousness just being your neurons firing in your brain, then why is she learning something new when she experiences it versus just when she learns about it? Because it's like, it's the, the experience is adding something beyond what just the neurons firing in her brain are saying. I'm not kidding. Well, I mean, you can like. I would argue that new that that neurons are firing in her brain, allowing her to experience a new, new knowledge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she's gaining more knowledge through the experience. Yeah, she already knows what red can so, do. So, like a more succinct way of putting it, maybe is that can she know what the experience of red is? without ever having seen red oh no no No. yeah no because like if you walk into like a room and it's only painted red that's kind of (laughs) (laughs) i should know my own my own room was red for many years and i didn't realize it until i painted it blue how like stressful my room was (laughs) yeah (laughs) The thing is, is that she already knows everything that there is about color. Yeah, but like, I could be like, yeah, being in a war is stressful, but I won't know how stressful until I'm in a war. But you could, you could read and you could interview people and you can talk to people and you can experience it secondhand through them. But you can't experience I know. it. I'm, I'm playing sure. devil's advocate here. I agree <laughs> with you. But it's kind of yeah. this they call it qualia of just like the qualitative process of an experience exists and therefore there's something beyond the physical world is how it's used in philosophy yeah that's interesting interesting meaning that there's There's something yeah because there's there's an experiential mm -hmm, world that it's it's not it's kind of this is consciousness like do you have um What's the word? Um, not spirit, but um, it's it's dualism, soul. right? Mm, like soul. Yeah, like a soul. Body. Or yeah, it's the mind body thing. Is that the mind different? Mind body soul. The mind is different from the body, and that they're distinct and separate. The mind is obviously connected yeah, because it's body, the brain. But there's a, there's an aspect that the mind interprets the world. Yeah, it's part of it that is completely separate. It's it's that is is the mind these neurons firing in our brain, and that's all it is, right? There's nothing more no. than the physical part of your experience of the world and your consciousness and your mind. All that is is neurons firing. Or is there something else beyond just the neurons in your brain that make up your mind or that makes up your mind? That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting because like if it is just neurons firing, then why do we have exactly Mm. Right? Yeah. 
because there are there are things that everyone see looks at and they're like that's bad like you see an adult beating a child on the street and you're like that's bad <laughs> right that's inherent mm-hmm. in everyone yeah right like murder is bad I don't know, you got some mm-hmm. wackos out there but like on average yeah like, like you like, don't it, kill people it brings to another discussion i'm just gonna kind of go for it like pin my my poly sinus in here real quick which, <laughs> which brings to the question does our our culture influence our laws or does our laws influence our culture mm-hmm. because it's um mm. is it like if we look at some other place some other culture and say like the places that do cannibalism right like the weird yeah. tribes right can we say that is wrong and that is bad if it's for them not bad is like is there that universal moral piece exactly i would say yes and they yeah. lost it <laughs> essentially i would um, agree <laughs> i would agree but then also that just furthers a case for um for one god that establishes morality in every mm-hmm. one of us yep Yes, I agree. Yes. Because if if there is no if there are no morals and there's no inherent um like good or bad, then the, then it's it's just whatever and it's complete chaos. But like because we look at the world and we see bad, it proves the existence of good. I agree. Because if there is bad, there is also a thing that is good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Because if there is bad, then we must have the recognition of bad, which therefore means we also have the recognition of good. That's that's like um, Paul talks about how that once we know the law, that's when we become sinners. Because without the law, you don't know that you're sinning. That's in Romans. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just read that today. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! It's yeah, through. No. Yeah, it's it's so. It's through the recognition right? that what you're doing is wrong. That's when you start sinning. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's cool. Really cool. So, like, so so basically, um, Robbie Zacharias has said this before, but you. Like, if people say, "Look at all the bad in this world," how can a God allow that? It's it's that argument can't hold up because if you can see bad in the world, then you know that mm-hmm. there's no God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not, right. You know that there is good. And if there is good, then there is a God who established the there's, law. There's yeah. something good in outside of us that has set down the rules of this is bad and this is good. Yeah. Proves mm-hmm. the existence of God. Mm-hmm. Or, no. yeah. or like a possible argument that, that many people make is that that's just our natural survival instincts. But I would I would also counter that with the fact that I feel like that there's a lot of things that we see morally as good, like sacrificing um, yourself for someone you love or sacrificing yourself from for someone you care about that it has nothing to do with survival. But you do see that as good because that yeah. is morally placed in you. Mm-hmm. And yes. so there's there's we we read this book in our thermodynamics class called the big picture um by Sean Carroll who's this big like very prominent physicist 
and very prominent philosopher. And one of his things is that he, he actually doesn't believe in an absolute moral code. He's not a Christian. So one of the things that he says in his book is that we can't really judge another society. Like what the Nazis did, you can't judge that as being wrong because it's a societal thing. They could have said, like, that's not them. And like that just, that doesn't work for me. I can't do that. Yeah. That hurts. That hurt. That hurts me in my core to be able to do like what the Nazis is fine. It's totally okay because they were in Germany and we are in America. Like, oh, that hurts. And you know, there's all this stuff like going on in China right now too. Like that sickens me. Like they're having their own kind of genocidal thing happening over there. There's a lot of terrible things happening in the world, but I think that that is proof that we need a God and it's proof that we have a God that cares about us and loves us because of the fact that, you know, we know that there is a good and we know that this isn't it, you know? And I think that it's terrible seeing all the bad that's in the world, but I think it's because we know what it like, what extreme bad, extremely bad situations look like that we can also point to a situation where we can see complete um, bliss and paradise in heaven as well. Or even if like we can't it's like true. with justice, like we we can never like really have like true justice, but we can point at what's happening now and we can go, that's not it. That's not justice. That's not fairness. And like the fact that we can say that's not it means that it's some in some way there is something that is it. And that there is some judge that can hand out justice in a way that is just, despite the fact that we never can. Yeah. That's true. Wow. Yeah. We're just grasping for justice, but we can't ever mm-hmm. really find it. Which is sad, but you know, look at the world and it makes a whole lot of yeah. sense. <laughs> wow. That's... Well, you know, I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Chaos, color, and all that. That was really that, cool. Baby. I liked this. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. Curtis, want to close this out? Sure. I mean, so that was that was this week of Confused Introspective Pigeon. Next week is going to be Stapes. Stapes? Yes. Yes. You guys are in for a beautiful time. Let me tell you. Um, I have at the moment nothing planned, but we'll get to it. Shortly. <laughs> um, I got so it's excited. Gonna, it's gonna be uh-huh. it's gonna be really fun. Whatever I decide. Um, That's right. I'm I'm I I'm pretty that. much the type of person who just kind of goes with whatever is I'm obsessing over that day, and there's always something I'm obsessing over. So just. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> it might be a little mini rant at the beginning of next uh, podcast. Oh, you never know. Love it. So. I love a good <laughs> rant. Be in prepared. My day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right then. See you, See boys. You next week.